The following episode of Rate the Record involves mature themes of depression, self-harm, sexual abuse, and suicide. If you have been affected by these themes, please reach out to your local resource and prevention center or visit the many online resources available. You are not alone. The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 72. Yay! 72. Buckle my chew. We're getting into the number now where if you look at it in like the stylized version of years, like 1972, the 70s was a great era of music. And so we're like in the early 70s where things were really starting to pick up and find their own like rock tune. So good times, good times. Yeah, so we picked an album from the 2000s. Exactly from <laughs> 2000. <laughs> We'll talk more about that in a minute, but first I just want to officially welcome you to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, hanging out and checking out this album if you are indeed doing that, or maybe you're just listening to us talk. Either way, welcome. Glad to have you here. If you do like what you see and or hear today, make sure you let us know how much you like it by uh, you know showing us some support. You can um, like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, follow, all of those things, of course, you know, help build this musical community that we're trying to build brick by brick by acoustic guitar by acoustic guitar. We're doing it all and we need your help to do it. It's free to do. It takes only a minute of your time so by all means go ahead and do that it really does help or just send us money well i mean there is that option too the optional uh donation thing that you can do with ko-fi.com slash write the record uh of course over there i i, I like how this was brought up and we didn't even plan this entire thing at all no, it's, no. Just, it's just working this way but yes ko-fi.com slash write the record is optional you can make a donation join the rtr club five bucks a month or a one-time whatever donation you want to do that's fine too but if you join the rtr club you get bonus stuff you get a shout out you get a thank you card type thing like a like in the episode not like one cent in the mail um that'd, that'd be interesting uh if you have music we'll go ahead and rate your song too on like ko-fi exclusive stuff and uh, also other just bonus content too regardless ko-fi.com slash rate the record that's where you can financially support the show if you so do please to do yes which you definitely do you're just kind of like putting it in their head now like this has I'm, to be done i'm trying to put like uh what whatever a reverse curse is you know like uh something positive some implant that thought in the listener's brain uh, just say curse backwards i guess e s rock it's like s rock cirque, cirque. <laughs> that's that's it backwards so that's exactly what we're putting on you dude yeah, we're, we're off all right, we're off the rails already. Yeah, unfortunately, you kind of know that, like, if you've been here before, oh, you already worse. know that we do that way too much. So, hey, welcome back. Thank you for joining us in this uh, wild, chaotic ride, because we always know what we're doing, right? Absolutely. Uh, if you've never been here before, then you, well, you're being exposed to it for the first time. So, hey, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy I'm your stay. Have a good time. We do eventually talk about music, I promise. And, like, that's the vast majority of the show. I also promise that, too. But regardless, that means you don't know what we do here on the show. So each week, Savannah and I will choose an album beat completely at random, just whatever we want to listen to for whatever reason. Maybe an album celebrating an anniversary, 20, 25, 30 plus years, whatever. Or we also get requests, too. We've done plenty of requests. We have more coming up. Regardless, we will take an album. We'll discuss it at length, front to back. We'll rank the songs, and then we, then rate, we rate the record. The record. Hey, you didn't smart-ass me that time. 
No, I was just trying, I'm trying to get it as on time as possible while still being a shithead. So, and considering that we're over Zoom right now, the fact that like it it is practically on time when we say that, at least the latency is good. Not bad at all. (laughs) In in person, it's going to be me screaming it, and you're just like, we are never recording in person again. I'll, I'll, I'll match you and scream it as well, and then we'll get kicked out of whatever space we rent. Fantastic. My mother's basement. Oh, are we gonna have to travel over like a really long way? Yes. Oh, I. I mm. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> but yes, um, all those things that I mentioned that you could do earlier, uh, I should, probably should have brought this up when it was still relevant. Uh, the financial support, all the free support, whatever, all the streaming links, all the social medias, everything you need to find is over at ratetherecord.ch. So make sure you're going over there, including finding all the streaming links that's just mentioned uh, for YouTube and for the audio world, everything like that. But for YouTube specifically, make sure you subscribe to the channel because we do do our monthly... I said do-do. Of course I did. We do our monthly giveaways. Yeah, we just gave away Bush's 16 Stones, so congratulations to the winner of that. Um, but now, uh, and I'm saying that because we haven't given away the album just yet by the time we're recording, so I can't even say who the name yeah. is yet. But, but there's a winner. But we've given it away by the time this episode airs. But it's April now when this episode airs, which means it's time for a brand new album. And, uh, oh, I don't even remember which one it was. Oh, you know what it was? It was California by Mr. Bungle, one of the most popular episodes and one of the uh, highest rated albums we've done on the show. We're doing California by Mr. Bungle for April 2024. And as if that wasn't cool enough, UK listeners, I know we've discluded for the last three because we're like, oh, shipping, blah, blah, blah. No, no, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and do it anyways. You are included in this giveaway. If you live in the UK, Canada, or the United States, you are free to enter this contest so make sure you check that in the description below rate the record.ca regardless links everywhere check it enter good luck just like maybelline you are all worth it oh we're we're not sponsored we're not sponsored hashtag not sponsored what well no but there's nothing else i could think of that would make sense so sorry just like you're worth it i was gonna say uh maybelline is pure trash and bullshit if you want to say good things please sponsor us there you go how about that i'll turn it all around real quick give me free products i'll use them and praise the hell out of you yes but until we get uh sponsored by maybelline (laughs) we have to we have another album that we have to do today and of course we're doing elliot smith and his 2000 album figure eight now if you've been listening to the show in the past uh i've brought up elliot smith numerous times i don't even know how many but numerous funny enough i usually mention the song memory lane which is on his 2003 posthumous album from a basement on the hill but regardless i usually do bring up elliot smith and not only that but i've actually made savannah listen to the song la back when we did our mixtape episode yes uh and she liked it then so i'm assuming she's gonna like it now but regardless we're gonna find out that and more as we move forward uh but before we uh start discussing the album i'll tell you a little bit about elliot and this album so, Elliot Smith was born Stephen Paul Smith on August 6, 1969 in Omaha, Nebraska. He was raised in Texas and spent most of his life in Portland, Oregon. Smith went through a difficult and traumatic childhood. I should mention a lot of this uh, description is probably going to be kind of sad. Um, yeah, skip just, ahead if you don't want to get bummed out. I was going to say, anyone who knows, about, I mean, then skip this episode. I mean... <laughs> His his music's sad. So just, yeah, heads up. Uh, so Smith went through a difficult and traumatic childhood living with his mother and stepfather in Texas. His stepfather was abusive towards him, and Elliot has even suggested in the past that he may have even be sexually abused by him. So this would go on to influence later songs in his life and just, like, mm-hmm. attitude and self-destructive behavior. 
et cetera, et cetera. So events such as that, yeah, would lead to heavy drug use, alcohol abuse later on in his life. Uh, he left his Texas home at the age of 14 to go live with his biological father in Portland. While in high school, some Smith experimented uh, rec- recording with a four-track recorder that he had borrowed. He had started playing piano at the age of nine and guitar at the age of 10, so those were his two main go-tos for his recordings. He would join two bands in high school, Stranger Than Fiction and A Murder of Crows. After graduating high school, he went by the name Elliot Smith rather than Steve Smith, as he thought it sounded too much like a jock name, and the name either came from a street that he lived on in Portland or a nickname that his then-girlfriend had suggested. He would attend Hampshire College in Amherst, Massachusetts, and this is where he would join the band Heat Miser, the first of his bands that would get signed by a major label. Elliot would start his solo career while in Heat Miser, and due to its success, it eventually led Elliot to pursue that after tensions arose within Heat Miser. Elliot found a lot of success in his solo career, including an Academy Award nomination for his song Miss Misery, which was actually released on the Goodwill Hunting soundtrack in 1997. Smith would go through serious battles with alcohol, drug abuse, depression, and suicidal thoughts throughout his entire career. And despite showing signs of improvement by 2003, he would die in October 2003 at the age of 34 as a result of two stab wounds to the chest. Though initially ruled a suicide, the question remains open as to whether or not it was a homicide and that Uh being, it's like a very Kurt and Courtney situation. His girlfriend at the time, Jennifer Chiva, locked herself in the bathroom after they had an argument. She had a shower, heard him scream, came out, knife was sticking out of his chest. She grabbed it to pull it out and he collapsed and died. And so it's, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say who did it, what did or whatever. It's just, I don't want to get in the middle of that discussion, but that is how it happened. So that's why there's a discussion of whether or not suicide or homicide. Oh, and he was our age. I could not imagine just like, that's it. My life is over at 34. It feels like he experienced a whole lifetime before he he got to 34 years old. Wow. That's wild. Uh, so between 1994 and 2003, Elliot Smith released five albums, and his sixth, but his sixth in final studio album from a basement on the hill was a posthumous release in 2004. His prior release is today's album. Figure Eight is his fifth studio album, which released April 8th, 2000. It was written, recorded over a course of two years, and was recorded at a number of studios around Los Angeles, as well as a small stint at Abbey Road Studios in London, England. Mm. It was released through DreamWorks Records and produced by Smith, Tom Rothrock, and Rob Schnapps. What a last name. Uh, the album was generally well received with enemy claiming it was Elliot's best work to date. All music only gave it a 3.5 out of five. So, I mean, I guess they more or less liked it. Rude. Uh, Metacritic has the album at number eight, uh, not number 81, but at 81 out of a hundred and outlets such as Q melody maker and the guardian gave it four out of five Rolling Stone placed the album at number 42 on their 100 best albums of the decade list. And the album wow. appeared on seven different charts worldwide, the highest peaking at number 29 in Norway and the lowest being number 99 in his home country, the United States. Dang. The album was uh, designated. The album was designated silver in the UK upon selling sixty thousand copies there. And the album only has two singles that I'm aware of. Although I could have sworn it was three: "Happiness" and "Son of Sam." Oh, really? I thought "LA" was a single. It might, maybe it is, and just I didn't see it. I don't know. Wow, there's a couple other ones that I would have assumed could have made it as singles, just because they do kind of have that "Son of Sam" sort of upbeat feel to it. But uh, I don't know, that's, that's pretty surprising. Kind of as surprising as uh, as Steely Dan not having bought a Sattva as a single, because I thought they did. Probably Very because weird. he realized people wouldn't be able to pronounce it. <laughs> and also, Maybe. just again, my note from last week, that's not a very singable lyric. <laughs> and so it, it doesn't work as like a hook or a refrain. <laughs> 
That's true. You end up singing Bota Saba, Bota Saba afterwards. So. Or my joke from last week, what is up? Because he was like just doing the Italian accent. <laughs> that was funny. It was. But now we are going to move on to Elliot Smith and discussing the actual album itself. So let's do this. Song number one, Son of Sam. Okay, so this is an overarching comment on the entire album. Uh, a lot of it sounds delicate. It, it's not he was a very a, delicate man <laughs> yeah and it, it's not abrasive a lot of them are primarily acoustic even if they're upbeat sounding upbeat sounding like like if you've been here before we don't do the lyrical breakdown so there are going to be songs i'm like oh this sounds pretty upbeat reminds me of a sunny day and you're like yeah it's it's not even close but you know what? We all like uh, semi-charmed life, so we all know what that's like. And nobody knows what that song is about because no one even paid attention. <laughs> right? It's just about drugs. Um, but I like the way that this album starts already just from this song. Uh, like I said, it is delicate. I like how the music matches the vocals and it's nothing too obnoxious and the drums are soft. And I like when the drums are soft, whether it sounds like they're just playing lighter or maybe they're playing with brushes. So it's not as much of a literal hit. Um, I, I really like that. It would, it fed or it um, filled me with optimism for what's coming up next for the 16 songs on this album. At the very least, a lot of the songs aren't that long. So, I mean, like it, it was, true. it's actually pretty easy to fly through this album. Like you don't even think about it. 16 songs, but only 52 minutes. Considering we did Year Zero, which was 16 songs, that was over an hour. Uh, and we did uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which was 17 songs. So yeah, that, that's, that one literally felt like it was 27. It felt I mean, so long. I mean, Sir Psycho Sexy was like, what, eight minutes long or something like that? I Jeez, don't know. Long there track. were like three songs on that album I liked. But this one, I like this. This is good. It's better than the Chili Peppers. Yeah, circling back to what you said about the uh, the lyrics, too. Um, so, yeah, we don't do lyrical analysis uh, to those who might be new here. And especially knowing Elliot Smith, he was a very prolific songwriter and very personal, passionate lyrics, and very sad lyrics more often than not. Mm -hmm. um, I do point out certain things every once in a while, but I don't talk about every single song. Uh, just because it's one of those things I'm so intimately familiar with. I've, been, I've known of Elliot Smith for a really long time now. I've been listening to him a long time. As a matter of fact, I forgot to point out for our video yes, viewers, I do album. have I do have the record. Also, uh, I nice. by the way, I ranked Elliot Smith albums on uh, Kofi. I did that as a Kofi exclusive. And if you want to know where that one came, go ahead and watch that video. And I also showed it off in that video too. Yeah, don't say it now or else it'll give me a hint on where it lies today. Well, no, and I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Although today, where it lands today, maybe... Could be an indicator. I don't know. I don't. I don't even remember how I ranked the albums. But anyways, <laughs> I start talking about this album, like getting it off the ground. But yeah, we don't yes. discuss the lyrical things, but I do every once in a while. Just wanted to say that real quick. But yes, uh, this is a great start to the album. I do like this song. Always have uh, very interesting, good energy to kind of get things moving. Uh, and like the guitar and piano pair so well with each other that oh, the yeah. entire song. And I love that they're split between speakers too. So like you have your guitar on the left and the piano on the right. So it kind of gives them both like a time to shine without like overlapping each other or like outdoing each other. Just they pair very well. I really, really like that. I definitely agree. Um, I did notice that uh, the piano like adds a brightness, like an audible brightness to it. And I really enjoy that. Um, some of these notes that I write, I swear to God, adding commas still does not help my comprehension. Um <laughs> The ending seemed added on at the end, whatever that meant. Uh, no pun intended. Oh, no pun intended. 
but I think it could have ended at two minutes 30 before the last few lines. She I feel like it went arms now to make sure it don't get too far. Yeah, I, I feel like the song ended, I guess sort of ended, and then there was music and then the lyrics came back in, then the song ended. It kind of felt like you thought you were on like a flat road. You're like, oh, we finally got out of that. And then you hit a speed bump and then you're fine. It just kind of felt like it it pulled me out of the natural ending by giving me something more and then it ended but it wasn't enough for it to knock the score at all. Um, I, I, I disagree because I, I feel like I, I like the way it ended and like yeah. it felt like a proper conclusion where if it just kind of went out on like the, the quieter part before the final, it, I don't even know if it's like a chorus or a verse. It's just the outro, I guess. Yeah. But like it was like that quiet little piano guitar melody. If it was just going out on that, it would feel incomplete. And I would just, I, I, I might have more of a problem with it. I don't know. Uh, but Fair. I don't know. I, I like the way that I've never really thought about it one way or the other. Um, but yeah, I guess a blanket statement for myself too is like production's fantastic all over this album. Uh, even from songs that have like full band, some of them are just kind of like broken down to like piano and guitar, maybe a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this song's a great display of how it sounds with everything involved, so you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, and the, I did write a note about the the lyrics too because like a lot of people think this has to do with the son of Sam Killer, like David Berkowitz. Yeah. Uh, uh, it doesn't though. Uh, Elliot actually claimed he doesn't even really know what the song is about, but if he had to break it down to anything, it's about destruction and creativity. Interesting. Because also some of the lyrics about son of Sam apparently don't make too much sense to what that man did. Uh, so I. I, I don't know. I, I don't study serial killers too much, but like I know who Son of Sam is. He's the guy who like heard a dog tell him to kill people because God told him to, or something like that. I don't know. I know what most of these guys look like, but their crimes, I have no idea. Because I'm like, oh, interesting. At least I was like that when I was a teenager. It's just like that morbid curiosity. But now, as a full grown adult, I read that and I go, no, I'm good, thank you. I don't need any more reasons to never leave my house. We're fine. Oh, not we reading just, that. We just had that uh, that Bundy biopic a little while ago, mm, or something I'd like that. I never watched that. Mm, hell and no. Then, and then, like, uh, everyone knows about Dahmer. Charles Manson. Dahmer's another one too. Never yeah. watched it. Yeah, I know. I know enough, but I I refuse to watch it. Um, yeah. Charles Manson was in that. Uh, well, not him, but like someone portraying him was in that uh, Tarantino movie that came out not too long ago. Once Upon a Time Hollywood. I've not seen that, but uh, I think I was told that I should. Yeah, uh, maybe it was you. I don't know. No, not me. <laughs> Um, I only have one more note for this song. Um, it's only track one and the piano and guitar sound so easy and carefree that I'm convinced I could play this myself. I can't. And his songs are weird to learn. And like me, me picking up guitar again is definitely referenced a couple of times going forward in this review, because there are a lot of songs that it's just strumming chords. But you're like, oh, I could play that. Like, it would be so much fun to play. And as I'm miming it on my leg, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, I could do this. But I know as soon as I pick up that guitar, I'm going to be like, yeah, I, I'm highly discouraged. I'm not doing this. No, thank if, you. If you learn how to play his song Independence Day from the XO album, then I'll be super impressed because that one's always baffled me on how it's played yeah. properly. I'm, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Excellent. It's a great New song. Though, one of my favorites. first. Excellent. Yes, that. All right, moving on now to song number two, Somebody That I Used To Know. I could make a joke about this song being Goche's song of the same name, but that guy is just somebody that I used to know. Ha! 
I, I used to, I used to joke around with people and tell them like, oh, I like Ali Smith's version better. He's like, he doesn't have a version of the Goche song. I'm just like, it, it, I know it, it's a joke. Like yeah. people thought I was being serious. That like, it's kind of like the people who thought like Johnny Cash wrote Hurt type thing. It's just like, no, trust me, I'm aware of yeah. the original and I'm aware these are two different songs. I'm just joking because yeah. it's the same song title. Ha funny. Anyway, yeah. maybe the joke is them thinking you're stupid and you just walk away going, I know I'm not stupid. You can't think I'm stupid if I'm actually stupid. <laughs> There Is you go. that what I've been doing this whole time? Exactly. So I fooled you. Now look who looks stupid. <laughs> oh. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, this is the first like real folky number of the album at the yes. very least. Uh, yeah, this one's a very broken down kind of song, just mainly a lot of uh, guitar and vocals. Uh, great guitar work, fantastic acoustic tone, which the acoustics all over this album are fantastic. So I mean, like, it kind of, this is another one of those things where Son of Sam kind of give you the idea of what everything sounds like together. This song is a great display of like what like more broken down songs sound like and yet how it still feels full and like headphones and everything like that. So it's really good all around. The the guitar again, it just sounds so easy and it feels like I'm listening to him practice in his room and I'm just standing on the other side of the door just listening to him write this song. It just it it has like a an intimate unpolished sound like sure the production might be polished because it's on a record but just the way the song is just built it doesn't seem too overthought it was just written and it's like okay that's what's going on the record and that's it and i and like it, that it, it's so curious to me too because at this phase in elliot's life was notably one of his personally worst not musically but just like personality wise like again self-destruction was like an all-time high he was doing concerts at this point where he would forget chord progressions and lyrics and people would have to like yell the lyrics out to him or even chords to play yeah. like he would just not he'd be a fucking mess it was like it was really hard to watch Yikes. uh so it, it knowing that this album took two years to write and then like hearing you say something like that like obviously you can hear this album's well done because yeah i guess that's why it took two years to do I can imagine there's so many sessions where he probably just passed out, didn't show up, probably got into an argument with people. Mm. Not a good time, but yeah, like it's it's nice to know that songs like this can still come out despite all that happening too. Yeah. Um, Elliot's usually got like a a tendency to like match his solos after vocal passages. He does this like kind of in a few different albums as well. Um, I don't usually mind it. Sometimes it's pretty good, and even later on in this album, it works really well. But like. He does this like little solo in this song that mimics the uh, like the vocal melody in the verse and just I don't know to me it felt a little flat didn't feel feel very inspired so it kind of like took me out of the moment a little bit I don't hate yeah. it or anything but just like I don't know it's it was one of the weaker points I would say maybe that's kind of the the folky feel where it's just like you kind of have a call and answer you and your guitar. Oh, there's one song, uh, I think I know which one it is, but I'll talk about it later, but it has a great call and answer with the guitar and vocals. I really love yeah. it. I even made a note about it. I know that much. Nice. Uh, but yeah, there's not too much going on in the song. I mean, it's only two minutes and nine seconds. Uh, so you, you don't have a whole lot to go with, but it's so short that that's hardly an issue. Like if this song was like four minutes, probably drags a lot. Just like, oh my God, yes. like, dude, just get to a point. But two minutes and nine seconds, I can't complain. Like he gets his point out. It sounds nice. It doesn't go way too long or overboard. So yeah, not bad. 
I definitely agree. There are a couple songs coming up that are similar to this, at least to me, where it was just him, a guitar, maybe a bass player. Who knows? Uh, sometimes you can just sort of get by where it's just you, the guitar, you still have enough bass. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to kind of talk too much about it unless really you're talking about the chords and the shapes he's making and stuff. But since we don't know, it's a good country folk feel and it kind of gives me a glimpse into what I'm to expect for the rest of the record. Because like you said, we did get that sort of, I don't want to say heavy. And anytime I, I kind of talk about that, it's just more, was there heavy drums? Was there not heavy drums? Cause that kind of specifies whether it's heavy or a lighter song, but you get the heavy song, you get the lighter song all in the first two tracks it kind of lays out the map for the rest of the album, which I actually really appreciate. They don't, he doesn't throw you any curveballs. It's just, this is what it is right from the beginning. And it stays that for the entire time, which is nice. Yeah. He's just a very folky singer songwriter, uh, extremely influenced by things like the Beatles and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I, John, uh, John Lennon is one of his like favorites of all time. Yeah. Uh, ign ignoring what a shitty person John Lennon was like, his writing was obviously fantastic too. So, I mean, yeah. like I can see why people be like inspired by it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all I really got for this one. Likewise. All right, cool. We'll move on to song number three, uh, probably the more country twang of the entire album, Junk Bond Trader. I did not get that vibe from this song whatsoever. That, that guitar right in the beginning didn't give you country vibes? No, uh, if it did, then it was something I enjoyed. Because my first line is, there is something about this song that lights up that part of my brain that 90s alt rock does. And then I had to Google when this album came out because I didn't know. Obviously, I hear about it while we're recording, right? Um, and then the rest of my... My line is, oh, and I guess this album being released in 2000 explains a lot. And so that's probably why I like it. And considering that the song was written <laughs> somewhere between 97 and 99. So like it was right, right in that prime right for you. Oh, my God. It took quite a few plays to actually write something down because I couldn't stop listening to it. Um. And I'll kind of go back from into that country twang I'm talking about because like yeah. I've been pretty vocal in the past about that kind of country twang in songs, and we've even done country like a country album. Yeah, uh, obviously not so hot on it, but I mean this one is always done right by me though. Like I actually like I won't say where it is in the list, but I do really enjoy this song, and I always have. I thought it was mm -hmm. uh, like really well written. Um, this song to me is an example of some of my favorite vocal compositions by Elliot because like, it's a pretty wordy song. Like there's a lot of lyrics in here, yeah. but everything just flows so well on the melody. So everything feels very comfortable, even though there is a lot of words. If you're going to have a very wordy track, you got to present it in such a way where it doesn't sound like you're just rambling on forever and ever. And I think the song does a great job of that. Uh, I agree. Um, I didn't really mention much about the song i really feel like i was just so entranced by it that i just didn't write anything um what i did write was that it took quite a few plays to actually write anything down because i was just enjoying it as i let it play on repeat uh i did like the slow tempo because that contrast of sort of the slow tempo and the uh the faster lyrics i really enjoyed that that was cool um, I like the constant eighth notes that make up the chorus. Uh, I found those pleasing 
I don't know, couldn't explain to you why I like these things. It's just if you hooked an EEG to my brain, it would be off the charts. Uh, and so far, I like this. So this song was definitely a winner. And the top three, I didn't have to wait halfway through the album to get to something I liked. So nice. You know, when I rated the song, too, I thought to myself, like, this has to be in the top three of Savannah's favorites. <laughs> I don't really? know where, but I, I something about the song was just like, this sounds like something she would absolutely enjoy. Whoa, we have what, 13 more songs to figure that out? Yeah, but I still have a pretty good feeling about that. <laughs> Write um, it down. I, I th- oh, I'll remember that because I've been thinking about it since like two days ago. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you said the course course has the eighth notes. I I think yeah. you might be thinking of the bridge because there's like the course mm, is like maybe. lyricless. It's just like it's like the main ref- like hook of the song. Maybe it's it like, is the bridge then. I'm not sure. Yeah, because it's kind of like these staccato eighth notes and everything yes. like that with the soft drum rolls. And yeah. I like Ellie's got like a very airy and flowy vocal presentation over it, and it pairs really well. Really enjoy that. A lot of fun. Yes, as soon as you said staccato, I was like, that's exactly dun, what it is. Because I was going to say dun, the same dun, thing. Dun, 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 I like dun, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just there, there's something about it that uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, juxtaposition between that and the rest of the song. Or just There's just something about it that just lights up my brain. I like it. The like only it other works. note I have, too, is to, to say that, um, I mean, this could be said for a lot of songs on the album, but there's great harmonies in this one, like vocal harmonies. Really enriches the track overall. Really enjoy that. But he's really smart. Him, maybe in his production team, too. Just really good with those vocal overdubs. Everything sounds fantastic. Uh, there's one song that does it the best, and I'll, I mention that when it comes up, but just this song was really good for it, and I really liked it. Nice. Cool. We will now move on to song number four, Everything Reminds Me of Her. So the song reminds me of Wilco, or at least what Wilco would end up becoming. Oh, okay. And I like Wilco, so this is a positive. I can tell you chose them previously in this I season. I did. I did. And I like them more than you. Another another card to throw up in the screen here. <laughs> their, their later albums are uh, are still kind of country folky, but not as much as the one we reviewed AM. So, but, uh, but first thing I thought was Wilco when I heard this song. I I really liked how the electric guitar was used to like add punctuation. Yeah. It's like adds sort of that emphasis. And I like that a lot. Also, I do just want to point out something because I don't know if, if you've noticed, but if you do, please let me know. Um, I can hear his voice mixed separately on both sides, but it sounds like either they layered two takes or they just like split his voice and then one of them is on a minuscule delay. So it sounds like a duet. It sounds like there's two people singing. I thought that was a nice touch. It added dimension and depth to it. Mm, That was cool. You'll find that that. in a lot of Elliot Smith songs. Uh, I noticed uh, it in this one. (laughs) They do. They have uh, multiple takes and they just kind of overlap them and everything like that. Actually, it happens multiple times on this album, too. So, but yeah, like it just always does that. And that is like a very common vocal trick anyways. It's just to kind of like instead of just layering the same take and just like making one off by half second or whatever, you just sing another take. It it makes it sound a lot more interesting. Like I've done that in my own music, too, and realized like, wow, that really... uh, enriches the vocals there i like that yeah and you don't notice until you hear it and you're like this is what i've been missing this whole time like i don't know if i really notice it 
in the rest of the album, but I definitely noticed it here. And I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a really good choice. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, this song obviously sounds very sad. Uh, I mean, surprise to Elliot Smith. Uh, the instrumentation's like really playfully written, though, so I really like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the, the piano sounds really nice, obviously. The song is mainly just uh, like guitar, piano, and uh, vocals. Uh, the way everything flows and having certain layers kind of come in and out is just like a good use of the sonic space like nothing the song doesn't feel flat despite the fact of how minimal it is i'll say that much Mm -hmm. um and it's yeah it's just another short and sweet track sad but well written and i mean it got to the point it got his point out in an interesting way so yeah two minutes and 37 seconds good track i i really appreciate how heartfelt this song sounds uh there are parts of the vocal melody that i'm not 100 percent fond of but i really like the music and i feel like that really keeps it all together um, if there's a larger part of a song that I like, it's far easier for that to overshadow the parts that I don't like. And then eventually, the more I listen to it for the parts that I do like, I end up liking the song anyway. So it's always just a short lived thing. Um, I do want to just uh, mention this song title and the next song title. Uh, I feel like they they should have been a part one, a part two. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Although there are there are obviously two very different songs in their own right, yeah. nothing like that. And yeah. actually, um, I mean, we can just transition to the next song yeah. right now. Uh, song number five, "Everything Means Nothing to Me." Um, so this song, I had to read up on because there's there's a couple of different stories of like how the song was written and what the lyrical content could be going on about. Uh, just the story of how the song came to be it was pretty sad though so i mean now he's gotten to uh, a verbal argument with his girlfriend stormed out and went to go do what he was going to do uh, which was like mm. heavy drinking and drugs he just des- destroyed himself well heroin's one of the things uh there's other things that he could have been oh. doing too like i mean oh, yikes. He, he was kind of all over the place uh but regardless uh so he stumbles back in the studio after wandering around uh like his town for a little while gets back to the studio just plops himself in front of the piano and apparently while he was out and stumbling around, he kept thinking about how people always use like phrases like, oh, I should get around to doing that or I should do that at some point in the future, the future, blah, blah, blah. Like always referencing of like, I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to do it later. Yeah. And uh, apparently in his like his inebriated state, this kind of made him angry. So this part gets a little graphic. He decided to carve the word now into his arm with blood flowing down his arm. And then he just started playing this song out of nowhere on the piano, just started fucking playing it in a rough tape recording. Mm -hmm. And then they would eventually like remake it to make it the version we hear now. But God Mm -hmm. damn it. That isn't a dark, sad story. Was there nobody around him at all? There at this point? there well yeah there were but i mean like this was also probably the middle of the night and the only person that he would have been close enough to just they got into an argument he stormed out so i mean but i mean it's just like in general like like they always say like get a group of friends or or find you know people to support and help you and stuff but you never really think of those people who are in a bad way that don't have 
support or don't have those people. And they're just the ones who are, who it gets even worse for because they're like, Oh, I have nobody to help me. And they're carving shit in their arms, slapping a piano at three in the morning. Well, to be fair, he, he did have a support system, but he was also like in a bad state at this point. So like yeah. he wasn't exactly seeking them out. Yeah. And I do know that Jeez. I can't, I can't remember what one point in his career, but, uh, he was on the phone with like an engineer or producer or something like that until like four or five in the morning. So he wouldn't kill himself. Mm-hmm. This, this producer was just talking to him to keep him alive and just kind of like yeah. trying to comfort him. So like he did have a system, but like, again, yeah. I guess just in points like this, he wasn't trying to utilize it and he's just like, I'll deal with yeah. it myself, which obviously wasn't the best idea. Dang. Uh, yeah, that, that brought it down a little bit, but I mean, this song is also pretty sad, especially with a title like this too, Everything Means Nothing to Me, which again is supposed to be a reference of him uh, just being pissed off about people always wanting to do shit in the future and not living in the moment. So yeah. that's kind of what the song is a reference to. Uh, I, I will say, like, there's excellent piano work all over this track. Um, that that mix, it mixed well with the very frail vocal performance, and it makes it very emotional overall. Uh, and like the song picks up a bit in the final chorus, the echoing drums and the synth that kind of kick in uh, really gives it the song with this very dreamy feel kind of like, especially going out into the outro and everything like that. It's another short one, but I mean, there's kind of a lot to take in, in the short runtime and with how minimal it mostly feels. Okay. So I may have some conflicting thoughts on this here. Uh, so you're, you're telling me how like sad and this sort of backstory to it and everything. Well, uh, if it's not obvious, we we do our review separate. So any of this background information, Chris knows. Savannah does not. So her lot first note for this song is it begins like a Christmas song. Yep, yep. You know what? I'll take the L. That's fine. Didn't um, get what he wanted for Christmas, so everything meant nothing to. Him. Yeah, right. Oh my god. Um, I'm not sure that I like the vocal melody. Apologies to anybody watching this video. I am highly uncomfortable in my chair and I will not stop moving. You, it looked like that scene in Ace Ventura too when he's like, he's oh. in the roads all bumping, he keeps like flailing around all crazy. Uh, I don't think that is a movie I remember. Um, but not sure I like the vocal melody. Uh, the chorus is straightforward as it's really just the song title repeated over and over. But... Um, I do feel like the the end ish, maybe the last half, last last third, gets kind of cinematic with the drums and like strings. I'm assuming that's synth strings through the whole thing, right? It, it could even very well be a mellotron, which essentially is a oh, okay. synthesizer. But yes, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's real strings on this album. I didn't think so, but I always just say strings, and then you'll correct me, anyways. Um, <laughs> um actually. But oh my god, oh my god, the amount of uh, I that is a discussion for a different day. Um, for Kofi, oh, it is, it is. Let's listen to Savannah rant at how rude people are to her about wrestling because they think she's stupid. Oh, yeah, she's not. Um, anyways, I like how cinematic it gets. Uh, I do feel like it's kind of more like an interlude, just the way that it sounds, uh, sounds. Um, I, I probably wouldn't listen to this as a straight song. I would want to lump it in with a different song to kind of either, either have it run into or just sort of buffered a little bit. Um, it was okay, but I don't see myself listening to it just as a standalone track, unlike some of the other ones so far. And interesting enough, this one starts side B of the first album. This is a double okay. album, like for vinyl at the very least. And this actually starts side B. 
Really? I thought that it might be half and half, but it's not half and half. Yeah, again, there's there's two vinyls, so there's four sides all together. Everything reminds me of her ended side A. This one starts side B. Uh, and side B ends with stupidity tries, which will I come. I didn't know there were four. Okay, that that kind of puts it in a little bit of context. There's like but two of these bad boys here. In the year 2000, they're probably focused more on the CD anyways, but having it like that for the vinyl, that, that seems to make sense. Yeah, and I, I have a... Um, one other Elliot Smith album. I, I, I'm going to get them all eventually. I really like Elliot Smith, but like, yeah, I don't think, obviously you don't have that in mind, especially the, I have his Roman Candle EP. And I mean, like that was written on like a, a like a four track recorder, mm-hmm. like really, really like low quality stuff, but like, it's still a great album, but like, I can't imagine they thought about putting that on vinyl at any point until like yeah. I don't know, later on in the career or something like that. Interesting. All right, we'll move on to song number six, the one that you were familiar with coming into this one, L.A. My first line, you'd ha- you've had me listen to this song before, and it definitely was the only Elliot, Sm- Elliot Smith song I had heard. Up until this point, clearly I've listened to the last couple of songs on this album. But after listening to Sloan, this reminds me of that album. It just, it's... I can't describe it. It's kind of like a lo-fi sort of college band vocals to it. And I'm totally fine with that. I like that. It it sounds very, I don't know, rough in a polished way, if that makes sense. It's like a, a polished diamond, but it has its imperfections. But that's what makes it unique. That's what makes it nice. You know, Yeah, I like that. I like that. And I, I like this song as soon It's funny because there are a lot of songs that you'll get me to listen to, whether it's for the show or just sort of not. Um, and whether you listen to them or not is a whole other question. <laughs> I have a terrible memory. Um, but, uh, but as soon as this song started, I was like, I've heard this song before. So it was memorable enough that when I listened to it again, I was like, okay, I'm definitely on board with this a second time. Did, so. did you at least remember where you heard it the first time? Oh, for sure. Yeah, like I knew I knew like, it what, was on what here. Does that work? <laughs> I reckon. Oh my God. That was listening to Guster. There you go. Another one. Oh, uh, too many cards already. We're all, already done. All, the, all the songs on that I hear at my work. Um, but yeah, no, it reminds me of that. And uh, I like the song. I liked it before and I still like it now. Very good, because I was going to say, I think you, uh, on that mixtape episode, you A-tiered the song. I think it was my only A-tier, and it was number one out of the ten. Awesome. That means yeah. I chose something good on that list, because I know oh, you yeah, D-tiered a couple other songs, so whatever. Well, well yeah. Um, yeah, but this is a really fun track. It brings back that energy that's on the sand pad, uh, if not, like, a little more so. Yes. So I, I really do like that. The verses are great. I especially like how, like, a portion of it rides on the same root note while like going through chord changes. I always think that's cool, especially when done properly. It's done. It's done awesome here. I really like it. And the chorus is really good too. Uh, great instrumental hook. Uh, and the simple hook of just like him saying LA, uh, it makes it really memorable too. Cause it's just easy to sing along to. And then like the dead note strumming when he's saying that too. I really like that. It's just very melodic in its own way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of fun things happening in this song. Uh, jumping off it being fun. This song, it sounds sunny. It just reminds me of, you know, fluffy clouds and a blue sky, green grass, driving around in the summertime, 
sunroof open, getting a forehead sunburn, but you don't give a shit because the music is awesome. And all you want to do all day is waste $600 in gas, driving around, listening to this song. And I really, I noticed that the guitar tone, it, it's not as bright as the rest of the song, but it sounds fantastic. I love it. It adds this, again, nostalgic feeling because it's, maybe it's of its time because I really like songs that, or albums and bands that existed around this time, five years before, but it's, there's just something about it again, just like, uh, Son of Sam and and that other one that is just the light. The light is beaming from my brain every time I listen to it. I believe that was Junk Bond Trader we were talking about. Yeah, that's. I don't want to give too much away. I'll just go. Yeah, yeah, that other one. You know, back then. What do you mean not give it away? We already talked about it. <laughs> no, but I don't want you to have to read me like, or I don't want you to read me like a book and be like, "This is Savannah's top five. Seventy-two episodes orders, later. I know her. Ew, no. And also, I, I don't know if uh, I think it was off camera when I said what I thought the score of the album was going to be from you. Whether, yeah. but I gave you two scores. It, yes. One if you liked it, and one if you didn't like it. So yeah. far, it's trending in the the former direction. Uh, so I mean, we're not even halfway through. Though. We're not even halfway through. So <laughs> I'm just saying it's trending that way. Fair. So Fair. that doesn't mean it'll end up there. You might tank the second half of the album for all I know. Jeez, yeah, probably, anything could happen probably at this did. point. Um, but yeah, I really like the song. A lot of fun things happening. I'm surprised it's not a single. And if it is, I just somehow missed it. But it's one of the more memorable ones at the very least. Um, there was also like an interesting end to the song. It kind of just ends and then goes on on some quiet humming. It almost gives the song like a very surreal quality. Mm-hmm. And it actually kind of adds on to like some dreamlike quality that some other songs have too. So it almost makes this whole album feel like kind of a daydream at points. Yeah. yeah I thought yeah, it was pretty I got, cool. I got- I got nothing else other than I like the song and I want to listen to it again. Cool. Well, you have all the opportunity to. Damn right, I do. And I will not even do my review for next week because I'll be too busy listening to this song on repeat. Uh, we have a request coming up next week. Wink, nudge. Yeah. So you ha- you kind of have to, to be polite. Fine. Roll your eyes. I hope this person watches and doesn't like you for that. I'm the better host. I assume no one likes me anyways. I don't care. Whatever. Suit yourself. You said it, not me. Song number seven in the lost and found honky bond, honky bock, which is in parentheses slash the roost. While the piano bar returns and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. Sounds cool. Kind of sounds like, I I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to describe it other than like an old timey cartoon character playing the piano down for it. Um, there's definitely, a, oh, there's definitely a sound happening. And I'm noticing just from the, the tracks we've listened to and the rest of the album, it, it has like, I don't know how to describe it. it. It has a sound, but it also just has a feel to it where each song kind of has a similar vibe, a similar feel to it. And it wasn't lost in this song. So this was definitely belonged with the, uh, the group of them. Um, I do feel like the vocal melody could be placed on a different piece of music and it would still sound good, which I think is awesome because not all songs are like that. Yeah, do some sort of vocal mashup with this song and then just literally any other one on the record or another record as well. Yeah, why not? Pitch shifted a little. 
Oh, by the way, I should mention that while we're talking about figure eight too. I'm pretty sure some people are aware of this. Um, I can't remember the name of the project, Green Fingers or something like that. But what it is, is someone took the instrumentals of this album and put Notorious B.I.G. rapping over top of it. And oh my God, does that album fucking slap. Really? Holy shit, it is so good. Some songs don't hold as well, but holy shit. Like for the most part, that album is so goddamn good interesting just do that one instead next time so it's all elliot smith instrumentals and then you have like notorious big rapping over top of it it's so good just just like a, a little side note as we do um mentioning that elliot smith had passed away when he was 34 our age um that is wild because you know we're we're that age i can't imagine that biggie passed away in his early 20s who it's like notorious big oh yeah 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 it was like 23 or something prime of his career but it's like you you fucking think of that and you're like oh everyone talks about him and he has all these posthumous records and albums and songs and everything and blah 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 and then you look it up and you're like what the fuck are you serious like in 23 i was i don't i don't even know i was a little baby no, yeah, I know. And I was just looking up. He, he was nearly 25 when he passed away. Oh, I, at 25, I was a baby. Yeah, I know, right? Holy all these, smokes. All these things that were happening way before our time. And then when you think about who passed away, like when we hit 27, and then you think about all the musicians who passed away at 27. Right? You're like, there's so much in my life that I haven't done. I cannot imagine dying right now. And then it's just like, this is just, it's wild. It, it puts a lot into perspective for you. Exactly. We've gone way off topic. Yeah. This whole podcast has gone in the lost and found at this point. Jesus. That's fine. It's all my fault. Uh, so yeah, I guess I'll rattle off some points now, considering I haven't done any of that yet for this song. Please do. Um, so the higher end piano tones never really sat super well with me in the song. I mean, the entire first verse is kind of hard to sit through because of it. It's not awful, but I'm just like, like a piano that- bar. That with the like the low end vocals, I don't know. It's it's not it's not hitting it for me. But once the yeah. chorus kicks in, like the lower end of the piano comes in, it's far more palatable. I at least enjoy that. The bridge is a really nice addition too. Uh, it's nice to have all the synth, uh, like all that synth work, kind of make the song a little more atmospheric at that point. So that's enjoyable. Although again, it doesn't really last too long, but it's nice while it's there. Uh, the song ends in a very pretty way though. Um, so I'll talk about that kind of like second portion of the song called the roost. Uh, which is like just kind of this weird interlude go- kind of going to the next song. It's only like about a nearly a minute long. Uh, it's completely foreign to what Lost and Found had uh, at the very least. But I do like this like dreamy, psychedelic kind of feel. And a uh, fun fact that this song is actually a demo of a demo. Um, so The Roost is actually um, a lead in for an unreleased track called Dancing on the Highway. Interesting. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. And then I went on uh, Dancing on the Highways is like a song I've heard of but never really listened to. So mm-hmm. I went back and listened to it. And then, yeah, you can definitely hear, like, it's in there. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I didn't – I thought that because this song was a quote-unquote slash song, you know, like this song and this song, uh, that it would maybe change halfway through. But after repeat listens, I found that it just ended normally – um it was rather pleasing i did like the end i could not recall what it sounded like independently but it wasn't like it wasn't too disconnected from the actual bulk of the song 
So that was cool. Um, I do like the accordion sounds. Again, I assume that's done with a synthesizer or keyboard or something, or maybe it is an accordion. Who knows? Doesn't matter. I liked it. Sounded good. Um, and it sounds like the end of, like, sounds like an end of album song. Just can't remember what I said about it before. No, this one does not end. Okay. I was thinking this one ended side B and it does not. Oh, no. It's a, no. It sounds like it would be a good song to have maybe three to the end. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm kind of fine where, where it is on the album. Considering the songs that come up, I, I like where this one is. Um, but yeah, the, kind of going back to what I said before about like the album kind of having like this dreamlike quality at certain points, like obviously the roost would definitely fit the narrative this time for that. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe there is some sort of credence to what I'm saying, but as far as I'm concerned, this isn't um, like a, a concept album. So mm-hmm. who knows? Not me. Neither do I. Uh, so we'll move on then because we're not talking about that. So number eight, Stupidity Tries. And I got to say my very first note, I said this damn well better be your number one song, Savannah, because they actually see your fucking name in it. Uh, one, didn't hear it. So clearly my stupidity was not trying. Oof. Um, uh, yep. Now I feel silly. Now you, I feel see, silly. you hear very clearly too, just, just like in the first pre-chorus. We don't do lyrical analysis. At what point would I be paying attention to the lyrics? No, we don't do lyrical analysis, but you can understand. You can understand words, though. You don't have to do analysis. Hey, that is a pretty large claim that I would understand something. Now I have to look it up. I'll let you do that while I say my other notes. Besides that, um, yes. I do love the guitar work throughout this entire track. It acts as like a great accompaniment as a call and answer to the vocals. As I mentioned before, like this is pretty good. Uh, this isn't so much call and answer as it is like mimicking the vocal melody or vice versa. It's kind of like Elliot will sing and then the, the guitar kind of does a few notes. Elliot sings again, guitar does a few notes, some chords, and everything like that. It's just it's like this great back and forth playfulness between the two. And I just, I really like that. I'm very sad. I didn't hear my name. Now you have to go You're back right. and listen to it. <laughs> it's, it starts a verse and I really so should have shoulder that. raised by cheer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm just so self-involved that anytime someone says my name, I'm like, yep, as they should. And I don't even pay attention. <laughs> he knows. Yeah, exactly. He, I was what? I was 15 when he passed away. So he could have known me. Who knows? Um, all the way at the other end of the country in a different country, that is. So all the, uh, all the way on the other end of the continent, I should say. I had a MySpace. Ooh, yeah. And he found you. <laughs> I, I love your dedication to completely breaking my spirit. Thank you. Um, Someone's got to do it. The, the chords, the, I found the chords sounded like pretty tropical. I don't know how else to describe it other than I wish I heard a xylophone. That would have been cool. No, um, my God, that would have ruined it. <laughs> I would have loved it. Um, I can see this being played at a high school prom in a coming of age movie. Um, and... It didn't really get me until the instrumental ending. And for some reason, I really enjoyed that much, much, much more than the uh, beginning or like the bulk of the song. I like the ending. That was good. I, I love this whole song because like even in the first half of the song before the instrumental ending, like it just feels like there's a lot of building going on. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you have your quieter moments, it builds up and like the choruses and everything like that just get like a lot more intense and everything like that. So I really like that. And like, 
Uh, the vocal harmonies in the choruses too are like another kind of great choice. Adds a lot more depth and good texture to the sound. Like just a lot of smart choices all over this album. I really like it. But then I have like one longer note for the final half. So if you have anything to say, I would just say, say it now. I do not actually, please go ahead. So yeah, that the second half of the song, uh, I, I didn't write down exactly how long it is, but the song's four minutes and 24 seconds, so it's like a, almost a good half of the song. Uh, the ending gives me chills every single time. Uh, an excellent last leg of the song. The last pre-chorus like really brings the song to its peak and launches us beautifully into like this last minute and a half. There you go. I did write it down of the song. Uh, the, I'm reading this verbatim, by the way. The riffs are a lot of fun, and everything feels so warm and pretty here. Elliot's vocal interjections are very fitting. The drum fills are a hell of a lot of fun. St- the strings help to ring, uh, bring the track uh, out of... Wait. The strings to help ring... What the fuck does that... Well, it looks like I'm someone needs it. some commas. Don't... don't, don't no, I have far too many commas. I think that's a problem. Um, well... I was just saying that the strings are also a great addition because they kind of like help ring out the track at the very end is what I think I meant to say, because yeah. they kind of start kicking in and they're like some of the last things that you hear. Fantastic choice. And I mean, overall, I can just say as hard as I may search, I see no flaws here. Cool. Yeah, I got nothing else. I mean, just I've all I think ever since I've like purchased something a long time ago, it's been my absolute one of my absolute favorite songs on the album. So, I mean, yeah. spoiler, it's pretty high on my list, but I mean, I don't care. I love it. Interesting. All right. So song number nine, starting uh, album vinyl two side C, I guess. Easy way out. So I'm just going to preface uh, all of this uh, with I didn't like this song as much as uh, some of the other ones. Um I actually found that the song sounded very similar to a lot of the ones that sound similar to this, um, where it's sort of slow. And I, what I'm finding about this album so far is that the first time I listened to it, it sounded quite melancholy, but now I just kind of feel like a lot of the songs are starting to sound similar. Um, It's not similar. Well, I guess because it is sort of similar in vibe, um, having these sort of slower songs like Sam's the drums, um, they, they kind of blend in with each other with me. But then again, I haven't been spending years and years listening to it to kind of discern a difference. But uh, upon just a couple of listens, I found that this song was starting to uh, to sound similar to a couple of the ones that came before it. So this one kind of was the casualty because it came last <laughs> in that group. I, I, I get why and how this sounds similar to some of the other songs, especially from the beginning of the album and everything like yeah. that. Um, I guess it never really bothered me as much because I like what this one does um, because like it also has like a good kind of like emotional waltzy feel. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it had that going and it kind of caught my attention a little bit. Uh, and it was also a nice come down from the previous track as well. Like stupidity tries had like got pretty, like got kind of intense towards the end there. Like not intense like in a hyper way, but I mean just like intense. Yeah. Like it really kind of like got really grand and big. Um, so this one was like a good come down. So it was nice to notice that at the very least. Um, the synth strings I thought were like a really good choice in the song too. I thought yes. they were great. Um, they don't go overboard and they match the tone very well. They don't just go yes. off in some weird high pitched violin bullshit solo. <laughs> something along the lines of that um 
more great vocal background vocal harmonies in this song too like it gives it almost very somber feeling uh, yes. I mean that's that's a lot of points on the album, but like there's something about the the vocal the background vocals in this one that just kind of really do it for this. So I I I like that. It's like just another emotional number, and again, it's nice to have this one as it come down at this point. I feel like I would have liked it if the band sort of came in at the end and sort of gave it a little bit of a push. Um, I feel like it would have benefited from a little bit a little loudness i guess it would have sort of changed it a little but then again it may have just been a creative choice where it's like here here's what the song is about this is what i want the music to match it so we're just gonna you know sort of slow it down the whole time so yeah like a vast majority of these songs are written on like piano or guitar and that's how they come into the studio and then yeah. if a band is added that's usually done a little later yeah. uh so i mean this one probably just felt good on its own uh in their eyes and everything like that so that's entirely possible yeah. uh, the only other note i have like the bridge is really super pretty i like it the acoustic occasion plays some like higher chords and they're really beautiful with everything else going on so i took a like a lot of notice of that really enjoyed it and just again thought there was some like some smart writing going on in this one I was just hoping that it picks up going forward. Well, it more or less does. I mean, there's another I, couple of quiet points in there. I feel like out of out of the 16 tracks that uh, not quite half of them have sort of a full band sort of intense feel where a lot of them are sort of that slow guitar, piano, uh, desperate sound. And uh, I, for one, I really like the upbeat stuff. So that's always what I'm looking forward to. So just listening to uh, to this song is just, I'm, I'm hoping that there's one or two more of these upbeat ones coming up. So. Uh, one, two, three, four, for sure. Ah, thank God. <laughs> just kind of looking ahead on the list there. I mean, it, so I, I would wonder how you'd fare with like some of his other works, because I mean, if you like the more, upbeat full band sounding stuff xo would be a good album uh from the basement on the hill might be okay but it's also a very like a uh, rough cut album because again yeah it was posthumous and it wasn't even finished by the time he died mm-hmm. like a bunch of producers got together and came together and finished it for him essentially kevin gilbert's shaming of the true the exact same thing happened there's a bunch of recorded stuff bunch of notes and they pieced it all together and released it four four years after he died yeah um, the either or album is it's like a very heavy mix of like light band work and just like a lot of acoustic work because uh, yeah. like that was the album where the drums kind of didn't become like it, they didn't become a mainstay until XO which is the album before this either or was before that and the drums would kind of make appearances like it was kind of yeah. just being introduced and then the first two albums Roman Candle and self-titled are like very just four track recording mainly just acoustic and singing but some of the best songwriting he's ever done in his career are on those albums so i mean there's a it's a very hit or miss i don't know if you would like the other ones or not but they, they sound fantastic i think for me it depends what degree of sadness i'm feeling because i'm definitely one where it's like if i feel sad i want to listen to sad songs and like sort of fall into it until I feel, you know, okay, this, this is enough. You're now the music is depressing me. So then I have to listen to something more upbeat, but just currently right now, I'm not in that sort of Valley, that sort of sadness pool. 
So I want to listen to more upbeat ones, but I, I know, at least I know where to go that when I feel sad, I can listen to listen something. to Roman candle. That EP, yeah. it, it is so fucking sad. And Condor Avenue is extremely sad, but it's also probably his best song in his entire catalog. Really? It is like one of the best folk songs. Like I will go out there and say one of the best folk songs of all time, period. Really? It is such a fucking amazingly written song. Very wow. wordy. There's not even really a chorus in it. It's just like a long stretch, but like it, the instrumentation is beautiful. There's a lot going on. And just, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. I love it. Wow. I'll have to check that out. Actually check that out. Yeah, let's see if you actually do. <laughs> so we will now move on. So that was uh, Easy Way Out. So we're on to song number 10. Wouldn't Mama Be Proud? Good. It picked up from the last song. Very so guess, pleased when this song started. So the real question was, would Savannah be proud? And so it's so far, it seems so. Um, it's song like, again, it's songs like this that make me want to pick up my guitar again. And trust me, it's been a really long time. I really, the I like these upbeat sounding songs. They're super pleasing. And I really like that organ solo in the middle. Very nice. Again, pleasing. And I just like this song. It's just, it's so, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's very sunny day again. And it makes me want to play my guitar really badly. I, I, I can, I can see it like in this one. Yeah. Like just kind of thinking of it off the top of my head and everything like that. Uh, yeah. This one like kicks off right away from the previous track too. Like there's not really a moment to reflect, but it's like, it's right there, but you know what? It's all right. Cause the song's still uh, genuinely or generally pretty chill. I should say. Um, the pickup in the second verse kind of brings an appropriate amount of energy. So there's more to go on in the song than just what the first bit of the song gives you. So that's kind of good. I like that was there because again, you you don't want to like go too long without like some sort of pickup, even Mm -hmm. if it's just a small one. So it's nice to have this. Uh, and obviously like the refrain is really catchy, memorable too. The chorus is like super easy. Uh, it's nice to have something to carry you through the song. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's got some good things going for it. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I don't have much for this other than uh, I really want to play my guitar. Uh, he makes playing sound easy. So clearly there's something up with that because when it's difficult, but it sounds easy, fuck you. Just make it easy. I want to play too. Just uh, and learn how to do flamingo picking and learn the song tomorrow, tomorrow. Maybe. I mean, my claim to fame is uh, playing Hotel Yorba by the White Stripes, which is not hard at all. It's literally just three chords. Yeah. Um, and uh, we are going to be friends by the White Stripes off the same album. Um, that's picking. And that's just that's too much for my pea brain. So I really real I'm at like novice level Z right now. Novice level Z. So. What? I can't tell. I, like if I can't tell if Zed would be a good or a bad thing at this point. A uh, bad thing because lo- novice level A is probably good because you know, like uh, A, triple A, double A, etc. I don't know. Suppose so I'm, I'm just thinking about like Great A, thing. B, and everything like alpha, omega, alpha, beta, and then omega being all the way at the oh. bottom. English. We speak English. Alpha and beta are English words, kind of. Um. Only one more note for this one. I like that it starts with pretty heavy bass drums. It definitely got my attention and I'm glad that it did because the last few songs being a lot slower, I really needed that. And I know that, uh, what is it? Stupidity tries. It wasn't a hundred percent slow, but it also wasn't full band for the entire song. So in my head, the majority of it was slow song was slow, but I like this one. This one's good. Um, The only other thing I have to say too, is like as 
as good as some of the spots were, like this song doesn't catch me as much, and I never really I did either. I don't hate it. Like I, I, I don't mind listening to the song at all. But I mean, I don't know. There's not a whole lot about this one, especially this far into the album, that catches me too much. Yeah. Uh, listening to it on its own every once in a while is fine. But like, if I'm listening to other tracks on the album, like this is one of the ones I jump to first. I'll say that much. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not bad though. I don't mind it. Likewise, I didn't mind it either. Cool. Then we'll move on then. Uh, we're kind of just flying through this, uh, kind of, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Song number 11, Color Bars. They're all short songs, too. Well, I guess last one was over three minutes, but this one's just over two. Um, I thought that this song was going to be slow again, and I... <sighs> I really, 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 really like the shakers and the piano together. Oh, it just added this dimension I did not expect to get. I liked it. And I don't know how to describe the song other than cute. It's just it it has a, again, a, a delicate feeling to it, but not a delicate like, oh, it's fragile. He's emotionally, you know, going through it. It just it sounds cute. And I like it. It's got ah. a cute little bouncy feel to it. Yeah, I like it. It has like a lot of that indie charm, so to speak, I guess is the best right. way. Like indie folk kind of charm. Yeah, I my next note just says this has a sense of we just wrote this and we want to play it for the first time. And this is what we got. Mm-hmm. This is this is what we ended up with. So it definitely has that indie feel to it. Um, I, I think, again, not necessarily doing a lyrical analysis, but I think this song is about how oh, he, it's not it's not super depressing. It's still kind of a bummer, but it's not super depressing. Oh, no. Can I read my line about this before you tell me? Sure. Why not? It's uppity and I really hope the lyrics are dark. <laughs> if you ever say that about an Elliott Smith song, you're just going to get laughed out of the fucking room. Damn it. Um, okay, tell me. Okay, tell me. This might not even necessarily correct. It's just kind of what I take and also what people have said as well. Um, it, it's kind of how Elliot has viewed himself in the mainstream and how like he was kind of like an afterthought, especially at like after Miss Misery. Like once that song was kind of out of the picture, yeah. he didn't really cared. And so, I mean, the opening line sounds like it could have to do with sex because he literally says, I see color bars when I come. Yeah. But uh, that could also uh, be like color bars on a TV, meaning like when he comes to perform thinking. on like a on like a talk show or whatever, like yeah. the show's already off the air and everyone's already gone by that point. Uh, oh, so I never thought of it that way. And just his kind of like overall not so positive view on like fame and spotlight. Hmm. So that I I think that's what this song is kind of like referencing. Interesting. I never thought of it that way. Hard to say. Uh, but yeah, this song has a really nice watery flow to it. I love it. The piano plays like a really big part in that, obviously. Yeah. Um, I love the light sw- swelling of strings in the bridge. And like, it's just, that's just like another nice touch and adds like more warm atmosphere to the song. So yeah, it does have that uppity feel. I God, you have to listen. I've said it before. You have to listen to Memory Lane. Okay. If you like things that sound really bouncy and uppy and happy, but something that's like absolutely lyrically devastating, you have to listen to Memory <laughs> Lane. Like, just write that shit down in your forehead. I don't care. Just, just I'll, I'll to stick it song. up on it on one of my a thousand tabs. It's also another like a really good folky like finger pick kind of song. Like, it's a kind of a fast paced little bouncer. But then, yeah, just the lyrics are just oh no. <laughs> okay, it's up, and I will listen to it when we are finished. You had better. Um, 
And my only other note was just like, Elliot's got like a real way with these like short and sweet numbers and everything like that. There's not a whole lot going on in the song, but damn, if it's not enjoyable. Yes. There has only been, I think one, maybe one song so far that it was short. And I was like, Oh, like I, I want a little bit more of this. Maybe it's coming up. I don't remember. Um, but I like maybe wanted a little more, but for the most part, like everything that was needed was there and it just, it didn't need anything more. And if you can say everything that you need to say in two minutes, cool. Then you can just say more, which clearly he did. (laughs) Yeah. Which makes him a good songwriter. He just, he knows when to stretch. He knows when not to. So, I mean, it's just one of those times. Yeah. And, and my last one for, uh, for this song is there, it sounds like there's a lot of heart in here where you can you can tell it translates very well from just his heart to your ears to your heart and you're just you, you're getting that and this one along with some of the other ones but this one specifically I noted that it's on the playlist already I think I maybe added I actively added 3 of them while I was listening to the album for the first time so I didn't even hear it a second time and go yeah okay sure I'll I'll put it on my playlist no like Listen to it first time. It was on there. So it's on there forever now. Good. Sounds good. I'm glad yeah. that you're, you're liking more and more Elliot Smith as you go. I've only been talking about yeah. it for like a year now and we're right? finally here. Dang. And this is only one album too. I mean, like I think XO is his like most commercially viable album. And then other mm-hmm. ones off that, it just depends on how much you like them. And that clearly came out in the nineties. If this was his last one before he passed away, right? XO was like 97, 98, I think. Ooh, it's going to have so many tones and sounds that I like. You may oh. have heard one of the songs off that album. Even if you don't know what it is, it's called waltz number two. Yeah. Uh, and it was on a few soundtracks. It was big in like the early emo movement of the two thousands, like before my chemical romance and all that stuff, like back with oh. like bright eyes and modest mouse were a thing. Like waltz number two by Elliot Smith was one of those tracks making the rounds. Interesting. I'll have to write that down too. Oh, you're gonna have a whole sticky note full of shit. You're gonna need like two sticky notes. You know how many sticky notes I already have that I ignore? So many. Oh great. So then you're just not gonna listen to any of these. <laughs> Exit all of them. Don't yeah, just shut them. down laptop at end of recording. You're like, oh wait, <laughs> shit. What are those songs again? Yes. All right, we'll move on to song number 12. I just want to see where the hell this is on the record. Uh oh, this is. So this is the last song on side C, and then these the the slash to the song of the Gondola Man actually starts side D. That's so interesting. Weird. Okay, very... well that's probably why it also sounds like an interlude because it very just much started so. a different one. Yeah. So yeah, song number twelve, happiness and the the Gondola Man. It's like a two songs in one type thing. I like the deep drums. They seem very orchestral, like those. I don't know if they're called something different, but those drums that sit on the floor and you hit them with a mallet, like oh, the yeah. gigantic ones. That's what this sounded like and it felt like. I like that a lot. And I love the bass. I don't know if it's a stand up or if it's just it, it sounds hollow and beautiful. And I like it. Uh, Yeah, it's probably just an electric bass, I'd imagine. Maybe even an acoustic bass. Oh, maybe maybe it's acoustic then because it definitely se- sounds like a cello or something like larger than what would come out of an electric bass. So I like it super down for um, that. Also, just might be the acoustic guitar as well, because like Elliot, uh, one of the things he's fantastic for, uh, he always has like this really like 
I have always referred to it as like a hyper base route. Uh, and it's a not necessarily hyper, but the thing is like, you know how chord changes can happen all the time. He might play the same chord, yeah. but keep changing in the root over and over again. So the base note mm-hmm. of the chord. So you might just be hearing his acoustic for the most part. So, well, fuck you for not doing it properly and by innovating. So then I don't know what I'm talking about. Wouldn't be the it first sounds time. delicious. Sounds delicious. There you go. Uh, but I did write about that guitar, though, just from the, the beginning. The guitar opening, absolutely awesome. It feels iconic in its own right, yeah. especially amongst Elliot Smith fans. Like, that guitar riff in the beginning is is one of the first things you think about. If you, like, if you don't immediately jump to, like, a song like Miss Misery, one of his most famous songs, and chances are this riff will probably pop up. So, like, it's just it's nice to hear. It's a very pretty riff, too. Um, and I know that you mentioned like the acoustic sounding drum and everything like that, like the low tone, but yeah. uh, they also have this like this muffled drum loop that kind of happens to the entire song. It kind of sounds like slightly quiet and distorted. Uh, I thought that was an interesting choice and it added something like new this late into the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it didn't really like stand out like a sore thumb. So it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, you didn't introduce this earlier. So this just feels weird. It's like this felt like a natural progression. It didn't yeah. over like overtake anything it just felt like it should have been there so i i like that they included that uh you just talking about the guitar riff um i don't know if this is really what i was uh talking about or referencing rather uh but there is a chord progression in here that sounds very familiar and i just cannot place it i know it's a song i like so i assume it's a good thing but there are just a couple chords that like they run off each other and I'm just like, Oh, it just, it, it just sounds so nostalgic. And it's, it's weird because it feels like I have like this, I I don't know if there's like a deja vu for something that I've never experienced before, but that's what this feels like. It feels like there are bits and pieces of this that I've heard and that I like, but it's not this, but I like this and I feel like maybe I've heard this before, but I know that I haven't. It's very strange. It's pleasing, but confusing. I feel like the song would have ended up in a soundtrack at some point, somewhere oh, in yeah. time. And this is one of the singles, too. So, I mean, it made its round somewhere, right? So yeah. maybe you have heard the song, but it was like, it's one of those things maybe you heard once or twice. Don't really remember anything about yeah. it. But, but like that chord progression is kind of like popping back up in your head. You're like, this sounds familiar. What is it? So maybe that is the deja vu you're yeah. talking about. Maybe I, maybe I, I have a feeling and now I don't know if this is accurate or not. And it, I'm probably not going to ask, but I have a feeling that there was one or two people that I went to high school with, like that I was close to that listened to him. And this would have been around maybe 2004, 2005 ish. Just around the time of his passing. Damn. So like people were like, doing vigils vigils in his name at this point maybe that maybe that is it and maybe i heard it there but there's just something about this song that just it sparks something in there and it's not the light it's just it sparks a confusion in my brain but having said that i liked it sounded like the end sounded like an interlude like i said but if it starts the the next side, then clearly it was supposed to sort of be an interlude or at least sort of stand alone, which makes a lot of sense why the uh, why happiness ends and then the uh, the end comes up on its own. But even as a decision for a CD, though, like, I, don't uh, know. I guess that makes sense. It was a single CD I, as far as I'm concerned. I wonder if on the CD they were separate tracks. 
No, it was, it was like probably it was probably combined. I would imagine. Yeah. Maybe with the record, it's just separated so that way you can have like equal spacing on each side of the record, right? Yeah. You don't want one too tight and the other one have like way too much loose end at, on the other side. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. It sounds good as an interlude, but as like if you thought it was a standalone song, like the title would infer, you'd be incorrect. But if you take them separately and you don't rate them together, they're both fantastic. I liked them both. It's funny because uh, generally, I, I know most fans don't really care for the the Gundala Man, and uh, God, what is it? I, I can't remember. It, it, it's apparently a portion of a Murder of Crows song, like one of his previous bands from high school, because they recorded like a, a small album. It wasn't like a major thing or anything like that, but mm-hmm. apparently, it's a riff from one of their songs. I can't remember, and that that might not even necessarily be true, but I remember reading that at the very least. Interesting. And also, it is worth noting too that um, at this point in time, Elliot was starting to get into the experimental side of things, which you can kind of hear portions of that on this album. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, adding the Gundalam in on here is probably uh, an indicator of that because Basement on the Hill would also have some pretty experimental stuff in it. Like it still sounds like Elliot, but it's just done very differently. Like apparently towards the end of his life, he was just starting to get around to like experimenting with like GarageBand, uh, which is like a, an Apple program to record with. He hadn't recorded digitally up to that point, mm-hmm. uh, but he was getting into that. He's like, oh, I can just add all these like weird sounds and I don't need pedals for it and everything like that. So he was just starting to touch on that before he passed away. So maybe this is like an indicator of where things were going to go if he indeed kept living. Uh, in- interesting, morbid, but interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is like a, a fun, bouncy track. Really love it. And especially like everything leading up to the final portion of the song. It, it has like a, such a grand and warm feeling. I know I said that prior to Stupidity Tries, but like it's still true for this one too. It's a great super long. It's a uh, sing along. That's what I meant. It's super catchy. Uh, I like how the instrumentals like kind of gradually break down as it's going along too. And it gives it like a more intimate like closer to the track. I really enjoy that. So yeah, like overall, this one's fine. Gandela Man, I'm kind of hit or miss on, as most Ellie Smith fans are, but it, it won't affect the score, though. Likewise-ish, kind of. Well, Maybe. there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, so song number 13, just moving right along. So we still got a few more to go. This is a long album. Yeah, it is. Only numerically, time-wise, it's only 52 minutes. It's not that bad. Yeah. Song number 13, 13 Pretty Mary Kay. I just imagine the... Uh, the makeup and nail stuff that my mom used to get from Mary Kay that I would find all over the house as a kid. Oh, that was actually a makeup brand. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like, um, Oh, what is it? Like Avon. It's like Avon. So. Well, it's, it's funny because like a lot of people would like to know what, um, Elliot's referencing when he says Mary Kay, because it's clearly a character. Yeah. Uh, So I guess more, here, here's some analysis for you. I guess this is something I've known for a while, though, so this is pretty interesting. So on on another posthumous relief called called New Moon, which came out in 2006 or seven, I think, mm-hmm. um, it had a bunch of like demos and unreleased tracks, and one of them was P- Pretty Mary Kay alternate version, completely different from this one, and it's it's a song about a prostitute essentially named Mary oh, Kay. Oh, okay. But. Okay. Coming into this one, uh, people aren't so, so sure it's the same story because, it could, the, especially reading through the lyrics, it could reference one of three late things. It could be another take on this prostitute named Mary Kay. Yeah. The song could be about his mom, or it could be about ketamine. Okay, so it's not about like Avon Mary Kay 
direct. To I, I, did, I didn't see that in any of uh, people's okay. breakdowns, so I'm going to assume okay. it's not about makeup. Okay. Okay. Uh, I hope it's not about drugs. Um, this. Okay. So this definitely sounds like something I would hear from the Grapes Wrath. Now, I have listened to every one of their albums, so I would like to think that I am the authority in uh, in saying that. I think it is a Grapes of Wrath song that Kevin Kane sings, to be even more specific, because there are two singers. Even down to the organ, it just screams to me Grapes of Wrath. And you know what? I'm okay, I'm okay with that. I like them. It's good. I literally have nothing else for this song aside from it's a short song and I want to listen to more of it. This is the one that I heard that I was like, there was not enough. I want more. I will listen to a four minute version of this. Well, if, if you like a, a folkier, quieter sounding version of the song, the alternate version, Pretty Mary Kay from Half Moon, you can check that one out too. It, it's very different though. It's it's nowhere near the same. Just just let you know. It, it actually kind of, if it, it kind of feels more like color bars. If you want to compare it to anything on this album, it feels like color bars. I typed in Pretty Mary Kay because I'm trying to keep an actual list of the things that you're referencing that I should listen to. In parentheses, to. alternate version, just throwing yeah, that out there. But but it's uh, uh, written as Mary Kay, just the letter. It's not K-A-Y like Spotify says. So I, I'm starting to feel maybe it is about drugs. <laughs> it might be, well, especially with the lyrics in, in this version saying... Um, uh, I have faith in the infirmary. Uh, there's a soldier lying in bed with a wound to the head calling out to pretty Mary Kay. So, I mean, ketamine is used for pain, right? So interesting. Well, I had no idea. Well, I, I mean, just know it's a recreational drug. It's just one of those things that people can get easily addicted to. Um, this song to me has probably some of the best vocal harmonies on the entire album. Like every, it is just, they're all over the place and they really do enhance the sound a lot. I love it. I think it sounds fantastic. Uh, the chorus effect on the guitar is is kind of nice too. I really like that. The watery texture it, it gives everything is just super pretty. Mm -hmm. uh, the song has a, like a nice pickup, but drops off just a little too quickly. And just kind of like you said, I feel like another minute or so could have really uh, right. been tagged on to flush out the song in its entirety. Yes, I definitely agree, a hundred percent. And it's not normal for me to be like, oh, give me more of this song. Normally, I'm like, okay, could you please shut the fuck up, please. Um, and I will say please a third time. Uh, but this one, yeah, I could have done with more. It, it's weird. I forgot I wrote that note more. until I read it and I was just like, oh my God, we agreed. <laughs> <laughs> For once on track, what? 12, 13? 13. Sheesh. Sheesh. All right. I mean, it was a short enough track, so I guess we can move on. We're kind of getting towards the end here. Song yeah. number 14, better be quiet now. <sighs> So just like um, what everything reminds me of her and every whatever the one came after it, everything something means nothing to me. Everything means nothing to me. Uh, those I feel like could go together. Just the song titles where this one better be quiet now. And the next one can't make a sound. I'm like, I feel like this this might be telling a story here with this. But with this this track better be quiet now. Um, I really like acoustic songs, if not solely for the audible string slides. They are so prevalent. And even listening to it with headphones, you can just hear just you can hear everything. And it just sounds so raw. And I like that. And I feel it adds to the uh, don't you hurt like I hurt feeling. And it makes me sad. But. I like it. 
I don't know. It's weird. It, it's, it's a very intimate feeling. Like it feels yeah. like a, a very one on one. Like he's playing it right in front yeah. of you type thing. Oh, definitely. Uh, like I've I I like that about uh, certain songs. Like uh, I know a lot of artists work to take out like. Uh, string slides and like the the little like the sounds that your fingers make when they come off the strings on the yeah, fretboard. You can I love hear that. that. Like depending on the song, maybe it's better to take it out. But like songs like this, like those little things are kind of what adds personality to the song, and yeah. it really makes it feel real. Not not that it wouldn't either way, but I mean like it just it feels like a real person, a real song, like a real thing happening right now. Like it just it's just right there, super clear in your headphones. Feels right. nice, sounds nice, it's all good. I like that a lot. Yeah, this is another sad, folky song, but damn if it ain't pretty. <laughs> but, I mean, just the way I feel about it. There's not a lot to say about it, even though it's three and a half minutes, but still. Um, it, it's a song that kind of like mainly revolves around acoustic and vocals, but I mean, you have like later edition of like vocal harmonies, a light electric guitar, and it's 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 a nice little touch to keep the song interesting. Uh, but I, I like the way this one was written. Um it feels similar to some of the other slower tracks, but this one st- I feel stands out just a bit more. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like it has something a little more going on. I really enjoy it. So yeah, I don't know. Not bad at all. Uh, I like it. Um, I really like the acoustic or the electric guitar plucking away in the last half. I feel again, added that sort of brightness to it that the acoustic can't really do, especially when you're listening to the acoustic, the entire song, you need sort of that, palette cleanser in a way and having that electric guitar come in later in the song where it wasn't there at the beginning i like that a lot and i feel like this is one of those songs that when i'm feeling down i will gravitate to it because the lyrics speak to me i didn't look up the lyrics but i know that that's happened to me before where i'll listen to a song and i'm like yeah it's too slow it's too boring or whatever but then when i'm really feeling like shit I'll go back to those songs because I will really um, it kind of you need to be in a particular state of mind to really feel what that song is trying to give you. It's like you have to be ready to receive it for them for it to give it to you. And I feel like if I'm I'm feeling down and out listening to this would would probably make it easier for me to sort of take in what he's trying to give. And just even thinking about it now makes me want to cry. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just, I feel sad. He has a strong emotional impact with many people who listen to his music. A lot of people are very emotionally touched because the lyrics are real too. He's not just writing stories. Like these are very passionate, personal lyrics. These are like straight out of a journal type thing. Like, yeah. So, I mean, he means what he's saying here. He's not just trying to make you feel like shit. He's like, I feel like shit. And this is why. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I, I won't pretend like I, I haven't been in the state of mind to, like, listen to albums like this. Like, I mean, like, hey, late aughts and early tens. That was a weird fucking time in my life. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of Elliot Smith going on back then. Jeez, I, I really wish that, uh, like, there, there have been times like that in my life and specifically almost all of 2011. And I, I really wish that I knew about this or really discovered it back then because I feel like maybe it would have helped me because I feel like sometimes I have to sink deeper into sadness in order to be like, okay, too much sad. No, I'm done. That's it. We're out of here. But if you're only feeling medium sad, there's still so far down you can go. But when you're already down there, you're like, okay, no, we're, we're done. I'm suffocating. I need to climb out. And I, I feel like maybe this would have helped me at the time. 
Because listening to it now, when I'm not in that state of mind, I'm like, we're just going to put you on the back burner just in case. Yeah, so you get to retroactively like it for that reason now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, other than that, I got no other uh, note for that song. Likewise. All right, so we'll move on to the penultimate track, although I, I, I swear this feels like the under. Number yeah. 15, Can't Make a Sound. Uh, yeah, this this song is just really good at just like building and building to the very satisfying and hard hitting finale. I, I adore it. And like you can count the song by like the, the very final song called by. You can count yeah. that as like the post credits music because this one is the true album ender and it's so damn good for it. For a song with the title Can't Make a Sound, it sure makes a lot of noise. And I'm yeah. okay with I'm okay with that. Um I I thought that it was a great song to have at the end. It isn't too slow or too quiet. And I feel that it I feel that it leaves everything on an audibly positive note. It's not just like a, oh, we're listening to something sad again. Okay. And then you walk away feeling sad. You kind of walk away feeling a whole range of emotions from the entire album up until now. But then this one is kind of like you're you're walking through a house of mirrors and, and you're scared and you feel that sort of pressure in your chest. But then when you finally get out, they hand you a sucker, they hand you candy and you're like, Oh, that was so worth it. Okay, cool. I got candy out of this. This is awesome. Yeah. With the way this one ends, like it it feels like, this like this is your end of movie, but the thing is like it's it, this is a character development type thing, but it's not the end of the story because you're expecting the sequel to come out like two or three years later, right? So it's like, like the end question mark. Yeah, th- this is just like the end of this. The character development has clearly happened, and this is going to be very important in the final act. And I mean, yeah. that's a hell of a lot saying that considering what happens in the next few years with Elliot Smith, but still like so. Yeah, it just it has a big impact at the end there. I really love it. And like I know I mentioned earlier in the album that the solo felt like lazy. I think that was uh, some, somebody that I used to know. That's what it was. Um, I, I know that it said like it, it felt like a little bit lazy or something like that to kind of how it tempted to mimic the voice. But I love yeah. how it sounds here when it does it. Like there's a little like a little part of it between the first and second verse that the solo just mimics the, the vocals, but it d- kind of does it in a very like more, I don't want to say cartoonish, but it has more of a flamboyance to it because it's able to as a guitar and you can like bend strings and you can just like kind of like really accent certain parts and do little trills and everything like that. So it sounds yeah. really cool like that. And I think it was well done there. I, I like that. So that's kind of the redeeming point from uh, somebody that I used to know. And I mean, to me personally, the second half of the song feels as good as Stupidity Tries did in that second half, like the ending and everything like that. It's a great payoff to like the huge building that's happening through the entire first half of the track. I love how full everything feels. Uh, the use of the trumpet was surprisingly fitting too. I usually I'm, I'm like, I'm very critical of that kind of stuff, but I love it. It wasn't piercing. It wasn't really out of place. And it, I don't know, it just works. So I liked it. Yeah. Speaking of things that work something that works for me um there there are many sounds here that were introduced earlier in the album but i can't get over the guitar and it's just playing the higher string higher strings i like that i like jangly pop music and there's a lot of that in here it was very easy to get lost in this song which i did multiple times i had to go back and go 
what can I talk about? Because all I wanted to do was just sit here and listen to it as I'm doing other stuff. And then it's maybe three minutes of silence before I even realized the song had ended. I was like, oh shit, I should probably go back. But when I get lost in something like that, I feel, I feel like that's a, a good thing for sure. I would imagine so. I mean, like oh, yeah. that just means you're taking far more out of it and like put immersing yourself further into the music. Yeah. Cause like, if I don't like it, I will just straight up turn it off. But if I let it play and I just have it in the background, then it's, it's music that doesn't annoy me and I get annoyed really easily. So I'm very I, pleased. I can tell. <laughs> It's been hey, I'll proven. be honest with it. I'll be honest with it. It's been proven in the past. All right, so uh, we'll move on to the finale of the album. Very short track, number 16, Bye. Uh, and I- I'm going to keep this short. I have one note that's it. So do I. <laughs> um, this song feels like a ghost or a fading memory. And uh, yeah. shout out to all my Caretaker fans out there who can absolutely get that reference. Uh, it- it's so haunting and sad. Uh, just like distant reverberated piano just playing us out and this being the final song on his final album release while live makes it hit that much harder yep uh mine just says sounds like someone is playing the piano in the great room of a mansion and there are zombies pacing the stick up pacing the upstairs hallways clanging their shackles and i really enjoyed that spooky imagery I wouldn't imagine zombies. I would just maybe imagine like a big empty abandoned hall type thing and the lights are off and you can kind of hear this music in the distance. Things are like dusty and maybe there's like webs everywhere, but like you just get the feeling like, oh, there's a ghost here for sure. And just like, but you could kind of hear like rattling and shackles so that someone else is there. That was just the sound. That's just the, uh, the actual sounds of the piano. Like when he's pressing the, like the, the sustain pedal down with his feet and stuff like that. Doesn't matter. Spooky, spooky zombies. I like it. Suppose and so what is this thriller? Yes. Yes, it is. So yes, we are at the end of Elliot Smith's figure eight. So hey, thank you very much for making this far through the album with us. I uh, hope you're not shedding tears. And if so, I hope they're tears of joy. Uh, because I mean, I I thought it was a great album. Uh, I don't want to say too much before we get to the writing, but like I've obviously I own the vinyl. And I mean, so I mean that's gonna yeah. tell you a little bit about what I think about the album, right? It has to, it has to. Do you have any parting words for it before we get to the song rankings? Oh, I I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, I I feel like just even talking to you right now, I've really just scratched the surface. I still don't really know what I'm getting into, even listening to any of his uh, back catalog or any references or um, influences that he may have taken on but i'm i'm very curious and uh i think that this is a good stepping stone to really discovering the rest of his music as you have really praised the entire time i've known you so i'm pleased that uh that this was chosen and thank you uh if you again if you want something more commercial that kind of feels like this listen to xo if you want to just listen to something a little more step down maybe either or would probably be a good step back as well yeah but yeah, that's where we are now at the end of the album. So once again, thank you very much for joining us and uh, making it this far. Uh, if you have any opinions on this album, which we sure you do by now or anything that we've said, by all means, let us know down in the comments below of wherever you're listening, video or audio. There's comment sections everywhere. We'd be glad hey. to hear it, read it and discuss uh, Elliot Smith with you. And I mean, I want to make sure I got some of my factoids and song things correct in there. Like I, I, I do a bunch of reading. And I've done it over the years on Elliot Smith. So 
some of it might be right some of it might be a little off but i i don't know and there's also probably things i missed as well which that's fine but anyways while that's going on we can move on to part two or three now it's time to rank the songs and i'm not looking forward to this in editing because it's gonna be 32 songs that i have to take care of <laughs> oh. Oof. so it's just like year zero and uh blood sugar sex magic all over again so above our head booms yes. The graphics have changed. There are names, there are numbers. Uh, there's going to be more names, song names to be specific. There are 32 numbers, 16 aside. Oh, I, I hate. <laughs> so I, I can get this done pretty quickly, but it's still just tedious to go through and type everything out, like yep. one by one, save each individual file. There's the behind the scenes of the editing. A lot of PNG files go into this. Yeah, it's... and a lot of bitching. Exactly. I'm allowed to because I do the work. That's right. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm well aware. I'm well aware and I'm avoiding eye like, that's why you, that's why you can't point fingers because I could point two back right at you. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, I'm well aware. Yeah. But yeah, 16 songs, time to rank them. Um if I had to guess, there might be a couple of matches on this one. I, I'm not super confident in saying that, but maybe two. I'm gonna go ahead and say maybe two as well, but I think they'll be in the middle. I don't think they'll be the worst ones. I don't think they'll be the best ones. I think it'll just be a Oh shit! We had a coin uh, coincidence. I don't think it'll it'll be anything bigger than that. That's how it usually tends to go because it's either we get the worst, the best, and we know those ones usually pretty right away. Yeah. But everything else is just kind of like floating around in the middle somewhere. I'm hoping two, but with sixteen, let's hope we get more. But two, I would leave. I would leave happy. Absolutely. So let's do this. Song number sixteen. Everything reminds me of her. Uh, easy way out. Number 15 in the lost and found. Uh, everything means nothing to me. I actually have to like, because there's two everything songs. I actually have, have to write like means or reminds <laughs> just so I know which one it is. Um, number 14, somebody that I used to know. Uh, stupidity tries. Ooh, that one was low. It was. No, kind of had a little grouping in the middle that uh, that wasn't really the best for me. Hmm. Song number 13, Wouldn't Mama Be Proud? Bye. Bye-bye. Song number 12, Color Bars. Uh, in the Lost and Found, etc., etc. Yes, all those other words. Uh, number 11, Everything Means Nothing to Me. Better be quiet now. I'm starting to lose faith in these two. Uh, yeah, right. Number and as you're saying, as you're saying those, like you're saying yours, I have to run through my list to find out what the hell you just said because fucking sixteen songs, man. There's still there's still like six we can match though at the very least. Uh, all right, not this uh, one. Well, no, because my number ten is bye. Good, because mine is somebody that I used to know somebody okay that's fine number nine easy way out everything reminds me of her let's write reminds i'm not gonna write everything out. <laughs> uh number eight better be quiet now uh happiness slash the gondola man number seven pretty mary Kay. Oh, number seven son of sam sos that's how i'll leave that number six happiness number six pretty mary Kay. Wow, close. Yeah. Uh, just like this, number five, Son of Sam. Number five, Can't Make a Sound. Can't make. So we have two more we can match. All right. It's coming down to it. 
<laughs> and at least one of them actually I have as a question mark. So that's that's curious. Okay. Number four, L.A. Number four, L.A. Okay, we got that. That's not the nice. question mark, but we got it. <laughs> it was pretty good. Put a big old check. It's there. always after you say something. You always take a break, have this little spiel, and then right after we get a match. It's I just, I it need all to, the time. I need to say it after every single song so we can just get the whole list. <laughs> right? Just that snap of the fingers. <laughs> uh, here's the one I have as a question mark. It's the only one we can match now. Number three, Junk Bond Trader. Number three, Color Bars. That's all right. We got one out of it. Although one yeah. out of 16 looks bad statistically. It does. Uh, number two, Can't Make a Sound. Number two, Wouldn't Mama Be Proud. It was your number one, was it? It was. Number one, Stupidity Tries. Junk Bond Trader. As soon as you said, you're like, oh, I, I think you'd like this one. All I thought was, motherfucker, he I knows. I did say top three. I said top three. <laughs> he knows. And yep, also, uh, just one. Be- just before we move on to the album rating too, can I just, I, I, I don't know if I said it earlier, but I, I gave two scores of whether or not you would like or dislike the yes. album. And the one, it seems like you like the album. So I'm going to stick to this score. Although it might even be higher at this point. Uh, but I said 77.5 will be your score. Yeah. That was just me. Like before we even discussed it or anything, that was just me. Like, if, like, cause you have a hard time a tiering shit just on your own. So I think like a high B tier is like what you usually tend to give things. So I'm just like 77.5 seems fair. I want to let you know, though, that in my defense, I am so heavily disappointed in myself when because like, obviously, I'm not ranking these songs just to get an 80 percent, just to push it to a tier. But when I add all these individual song scores up and it comes up to 79 point something, it fucking kills me. Are you referring to Shad? It kills me. <laughs> Just in general. It's like, oh, Sven, you never ate tier anything. Oh, you're so hard to please. I'm sorry. It's just math. It's not me. It's math. It is you because you gave them the scores to add up that math. It's not me. It's math. Sure it is. Okay. Well, let's see how well your math is this time around. It's time for the album rating screen. So let's just get over there. All right. Here we are. The album rating screen once again. And uh, looking at it, I just, I have to scoff a little bit. I know I make, we make B tier jokes all the time, but the last four albums have been B minus tier. Just wanted to point that out real quick. My God, we are on a roll. I thought, I already said this before, but I thought season four was going to be different. It's not, it's not. It's like, it's like when you're in a relationship and you kind of break up and you come back together. It's like, I promise I'll change. I promise I'll change. And then you change for like two months and then you just slide back in your old piece of shit ways. That was this season. That sounds oddly specific. Is everything okay at home? Everything is <laughs> fine at home. I just feel like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll rate, I'll rate this this way and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, I fucking add everything together and it never passes 80%. It's really starting to piss me off now. Well, at the very least, I, we've never promised that we would change. We just said we hope it does. Mm. This is true. This is this is who we who we are. Well, today could maybe be part of that change. We will see because it is time to indeed rate the record. Uh, and it is Elliot Smith's figure eight. I'm very curious to know where this one could end up. Uh, did did Chris, uh, get another A tier album, or is it going to be B plus tier or something along the lines of that? Okay, so I personally, I know that I'm going first, but I do want to preface all of this with, I think that your score is going to be higher than mine, which will push it into the A tier because I rated it at 79.06. 
Oh my god. What shit. is wrong with you? Uh, so much. So much. I probably was dropped to my head or lead in the water or asbestos on my Christmas tree, something like that. All right, all right. I mean, that's fine. Uh I mean, I was close. I said 77.5 for you. So, I mean, that's Me not too. so bad. You, you you surpassed my expectations at the very least. I know. And I felt very comfortable going through the entire show, knowing that no matter what I said, my score was still going to beat what you guessed. So I would come out the hero. It was still less than two points off. So that's not so la, bad. La, 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 Can we you shut up say? so I can do my score now? Thank you. Yes. Uh, so, yes, I did indeed score higher than you. Uh, not as high as I thought I was going to, but I'm not really bothered by the score, though. Yeah. I put it at 81.87. I A- tiered it. Wow. So that means this album falls to 80.46%. It is indeed wow. A- tier. It is better than the Tea Party, but just short of Michael Jackson. Ooh. Yeah. I, th- I think I'll be okay with that. <laughs> which is fine. Which I think Elliot would have been okay with that. Mm-hmm. Top but look, 10. But look at that. Chris A tears yet another album. <laughs> Savannah rolls her eyes aggressively. And agrees aggressively. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Yeah. Oh, it feels good sometimes to be right. And that is indeed what Chris is today with uh, another A tier album, A minus tier, but you know what, whatever, A is better than B. Uh, and we finally broke the four episodes streak of B tier albums, specifically B minus. So yeah, that's no nice. thanks to me at my 79%. Your 79% ruined Shad's A tier potential. Just saying. <laughs> and you know what? I have to think about that every single day. Okay, I have to Good. live with that. Forever. Let it haunt you forever. I do. It hurts. But yeah, here we are. Uh, end of the episode now. This one was particularly longer. Uh, sorry, not sorry. I mean, just there was a lot to discuss on not this sorry. one. I mean, it, it's 16 songs and there's a lot to get through. Yeah. But you indeed made it all the way to the end of the episode with us. Hey, thank you very much for joining us through that entire journey. You got through the discussions, the rankings, the ratings, and you're here now. So let us know what you thought of the album down in the comments below where you're listening. Where would you rank the songs? Where would you rate the records? Do you agree or disagree with us? By all means, let us know. We are more than willing to hear your opinion and chat it, chat it up with you a little bit. It's oh, yeah. all good and fun, right? Yes. Do the things he said now. I, I try to let you interject and then you just say, yes, do what he does. Well, because you you kind of cover everything. I can't just be like, yeah, listen to us. You can the only thing that I can say, I've been quirky and you've just shot me down completely. You've killed my spirit. Cool. Um, but the only thing that I can say that really does come from my heart is uh, pay us. Right from like <laughs> the sub depths of your heart, there. Yes, pay us money and everything like that. Uh, <laughs> if you feel so kind and enough to do so, uh, yes. <laughs> I will say it's optional though. So that don't worry about that. It's all good. But regardless, all the support you can give us over on our social medias, on our websites, on the on the streaming platforms with ratings and reviews, comments, likes, following, subscriptions, all that kind of stuff. Do all that. All the links you could possibly need to find are over at ratetherecord.ca. And yes, that money link, kofi.com/slash/ratetherecord down in the description below, or, or also over at ratetherecord.ca. So hey, there's plenty of ways to show your love you just choose whatever works for you it's cool yes please and thank you um thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans we appreciate you greatly 
Absolutely. And we appreciate you so much that we're still giving away free music. And remember for April 2023, which is going on right now, we're giving away Mr. Bungle's California. And just a reminder, UK listeners, you are involved in this one by all means. So just you can fill it out. might not be every single giveaway, but we're, we're going to try to include you as many as we can. Just the shipping's a, a lot on our end, and this isn't exactly a full-time job, so we just got to balance yeah. things out, you know. But we want you to be part of it. We don't want to leave you out. We hate that. Like, it's, it honestly feels bad knowing that we have, like, a lot of UK listeners, and it's like, no, we can't give anything to you. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I I do want to say, one, thanks for listening. Two, we definitely making an effort to include you in the stuff, but, you know, the way things are and the way the world is right now, I kind of have to adapt. And three, if you don't know Mr. Bungle or the album California, I do want to let you know that out of all of the, the albums that we have rated, it is number three. So it is clearly a banger if Chris and I can finally agree on something. So, I mean, why not? Why not? Why not enter? That is the only album that uh, either one of us have individually S-tiered. I yeah. put that at 90 <laughs> fucking percent, which shocks like, me considering everything else we've done. And I 90 percented that like I, I'm fine with that. I love that album, but I didn't I didn't think that was going to be the, the the tip top. Like, Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, I told you there is something about Mike Patton that just gets me. And I hope you rated it 76. You'd be quiet. Yeah, but someone gets me anyways. I mean, I've listened to more since it's then. It's his nice low bassy tone, oh, isn't it? So good. Exactly. So good. Well, go ahead and swoon over Mike Patton, and you can go fill out the uh, the record giveaway form. Hopefully, you get a copy of California Mr. Bungle. That's episode seven of our podcast. You can go back to listen to that too, by all means. You got a lot to do, and you can do that over the week while you know we're gone and listening to more music and uh, reviewing it, so we can come back next week. Speaking of which, uh, we do have an album coming up next week, as per usual, another episode, and it's going to be a request. Nice. Oh, I didn't know if you had anything written for it or not. Yeah. No, no, I don't actually. <laughs> uh, not at all. No, it, it's fine because we usually discuss it offhand. I, we didn't do that this time. No I problem. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I, I was, don't make me walk from that trap. I almost didn't give it away. <laughs> it's like way back and like when we did Porcupine Tree and I like, I gave away that was Weezer the next week. So I had to censor it in the actual recording. <laughs> Um, so I, I guess all I'll say is, uh, yeah, we got a request for an album coming up. It's an instrumental album, not Animals as Leaders, <laughs> that we've already done before. Just another callback that I can't put a card up for. Uh, I don't know too much about this band. I, I don't really know much to say either. Uh, it's a pretty chill album from what I've heard so far. I've been listening to it already. And I mean, yeah. it's chill. It's instrumental. Something a little different that we've, we're kind of like, it's out of the norm for the show so far. But hey, that's what kind of makes these types of things fun when we can walk into an album blind and just hope for the best. And if it's anything like some of the albums that we've done before that I really liked, I might walk around, walk away from this going, wow, I found something that I'm going to listen to daily. And that is always what I hope for coming into this. Will I listen to something that will now become my favorite? So having never heard of next week's band or artist before, I really hope that I can walk away going, yeah, this slaps. As long as you can pronounce the name. I probably will never. So until we see you next week, go do whatever you want, binge other episodes, or maybe even go listen to some awesome music like Elliot Smith's figure eight or literally anything else in his catalog. If you feel sad enough, by all means, go check it out. He's got great music. But yeah, we will see you next week. So until then, go listen to some awesome music. Take care, friends. Bye-bye.